Welcome to the Your Fearless Journey podcast with Becky, Kat, and Heather, where you can grow through your fears with courage and live your life wildly inspired. Have you ever experienced feelings of hopelessness? Like you were desperate to get out of hopelessness. Have you ever been in that place before? Do you ever feel like you thought there was a light at the end of the tunnel only to wake up and see it was another train? What do you do in that moment? Welcome to Your Fearless Journey with Becky, Kat, and Heather. We're here to come alongside you to help you grow through your fears with courage and to live your life wildly inspired. You're in the right place today. If you are experiencing feelings of hopelessness, or if you've ever experienced feelings of hopelessness, maybe you just recognized it. You know, the last podcast we released, we actually went real deep in the subject of hopelessness. And if you were listening with us and hanging out with us, you probably felt something at some point, and maybe maybe you're in it right now, and you're unsure how to get out of it. Or maybe they were things that you had experienced. I want to first define hope, because actually hope is a very powerful word. And we're going to talk about that today. We have a really amazing story. I can't wait for you guys to hear Kat's story. Hope is positive. It's inspiring and encouraging. It's a fulfillment. It's a something to watch for, to expect. Actually, my husband's grandpa used to say, "I and I loved this, I'm looking for and expecting the blessed hope. The blessed hope. I thought that was so nice. It is good. Yeah. Hope is a powerful word. It moves people out of hard situations into a better life. And it honestly helps us learn to thrive. So hope is huge. And Kat was sharing something that has totally inspired me as she's shared bits and pieces of it. So we want you to hear this story of hope and And I just think it's going to inspire you as well. So, Kat, would you share with us? Yeah, thank you. I mentioned that I was in a pretty dark spot. And this was one of the times where I began going through my first divorce. It was a time in my life where I was a stay-at-home mom. I didn't work because our youngest was special needs. I needed to be home with him all the time. And I was involved at church. Had the other two that were in elementary school that I was still taking care of as well, and I babysat, as well as working on trying to get my own first business up and running as a photographer. When I had the, you know, the world just fall from my feet, you know, my entire world crumbled, that my marriage was not going to make it. I had no clue what I was going to do because I had no job. I had no anything, really. (laughs) I mean, I had no idea where I was going to go, where I was going to live. I couldn't afford the house. I wasn't even working, you know. And so going through something like that, when you are completely dependent on someone else for everything financial and, and supplying the car that you drive, the food that you eat, the home that you live in, I had found myself in a spot where I was completely screwed and I saw absolutely no hope. 
absolute hopelessness, helplessness, yeah. and it was miserable. Mm-hmm. I had three little faces that would stare at me, and I would look back at them, and I wanted to, you know, be so joyful because they were these precious gifts from God, and I wanted to have fun with them, but I had no idea how I was going to house them, how I was going to feed them, anything. And the only thing at that moment that I saw to do would be, be the one thing that would rip my heart from my chest. And I don't know that I ever could have recovered from it. And that would be to let my kids go with their dad because he could take care of them. I could not even remotely fathom that. And I begged God, what the heck? Do not let me this Mm -hmm. happen. Don't make me have to do this, please. And I had gotten pretty involved in church and I had an incredible, still have incredible Mm -hmm. friends that were in my small group. I don't even know how many, I'm going to say 10 couples or I don't even know how many people. There were so many people that were like my legit brothers and sisters. Like we did life together. We love each other so much. And if I had not joined that small group, I never would have seen the hands and feet of Jesus like I like I did at such an early age, because we're talking late 20s here. And I never would have seen the hands and feet and actions and love in action of Jesus if it weren't for this group of people. I opened my door one day. We had a beautiful split home level or a split level house. It was you walk in the door, you can go down to the left or you can go up to the right. And it opened up into our living room and kitchen. And the hallway took us down to three bedrooms and two bathrooms. And it was ours, you know, and now this was all being ripped away. I loved our home. It was where we had raised our kids for I don't even remember how many years, 10, I don't know. And it was heart-wrenching that I was going to have to give this home up, but I had no idea how I was going to keep it. So it, it just wasn't in the cards for me. My former husband had gutted the hall bathroom because he's in construction. So he pretty much redid almost this whole house. It was beautiful. And the hall bathroom was not finished when we split up. So he had... N- You know, going through a divorce, it's typical. You're not really going to want to help someone else. Yeah. You know, finish a finish a bathroom. You know, you're pretty much like Asta going your separate ways, right? Mm -hmm. So, it was not a fun time. He didn't want to help. Understandable. So, all of a sudden, I, I I had lived my life almost 30 years, not asking for help, only helping others, and never taking myself into account, and. At this time, I had no idea what I was going to do. My poor dad was paying for everything for me and the kids at when they were with me. And I was told by the the my counsel, you know, don't go get a job right now. We've got, you know, a process we have to go through and all that. So I literally had my hands tied. I did not know what I was going to do about this home. And I knew I had to leave soon because I knew that the bank was going to end up taking it. I opened my door, I believe it was a Saturday or Sunday, I don't even remember. Like I said, I always flew by the seat of my pants, so I did not stop to reflect on these amazing experiences in my life. What? I know, but it, what's <laughs> I funny- I got two of them here, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two sevens. 
poor Heather. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But apparently she needs so much of a spot. I, yes. and, and crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Each that, of us needs all of us and yes. all of us needs each of yes. us. Yes. <laughs> yep. That's Jim Rohn. Yep. For sure. Yep. I needed these people in my life because I opened my door and there had to be 15 people, including my dad, all standing in my front yard with cleaning supplies, with construction stuff Mm. and tools. Some of my friends that did drywall, some of my friends that knew how to do plumbing and electric. There were the all the girls came in and they picked the house completely apart. Like, totally cleaned everything from ceiling to floor. Every fixture. Like, they Mm. got it completely cell-ready. Like, if I were to put it on the market. Like, they took every light fixture down. They washed every baseboard. They did not let me freaking help, and it drove me insane. (laughs) All I could do was stand in my kitchen, and because they were not letting me help, all I could do was cry. And I was very upset and not happy about that because yeah. I feel like I'm crying right now helps people yeah. you know because I love it I but love I think this. you want to cry for a different reason <clears throat> Becky yeah. Kat I would love to know why were you crying in the middle mm-hmm. was it tears of joy was it tears like because I can't help what was it it was it was humility it was being humbled by God saying you don't get to lift a finger mm. I am showing you what hope and love look like so you get to sit there and you get to not do anything because you're going to process this little girl mm. <laughs> you know and so I had so to sit a, there and I had to process a learning it. Moment. it was a total learning moment and so at an early age I had to learn how to actually take help accept mm. it um, ask for it you know beyond that whenever mm. I needed it because I needed a lot I had no car I had nothing and so I had people step up in my church that um, moved me up the list for Wheels of Hope, which mm. is a phenomenal mm. organization based out of St. Charles um, County, Missouri, where um, Scott McRoberts has um, an auto, like an auto place. repair shop. Yeah, yeah, repair shop, uh-huh. like a body shop. And he created Wheels of Hope along with some other people. Mm. And uh, they give you know, free cars to people in need and, oh, or, or those awesome. people just pay what they have. Wow. And the, and they take whatever. Wow. And that's so amazing. they gave me this, br- this, this older, um, Nissan quest mm. minivan where I'd have plenty of room for all my kids. Yep. They fixed it up to where it's in perfect, you know, running condition. Aww. It was already tagged. It was already. Oh my gosh! They even like, did the tags and everything. Yeah, Aww. yeah. It was already. I, I know. I like love... the oh. emissions, all that stuff was already done. You know, and so I had that. I had to accept that. I had to go into a room at church, and have all of these people in front of me, like gifting me this car, mm. and that was the hardest thing I ever had to do in my life. Like I was sweating, my heart was pounding. I did not want to go in that room because. I don't need help. I don't take help. I don't, I give it. I, why, mm. why am I having to take it? And so being able to have these people in my life, that the moment that I opened my front door, I can liken that to God's light just shining in and taking over. And that is what hope looks like to me. That's the word picture because <laughs> I love word pictures. And, and the word picture of hope to me 
is opening a door and Jesus being on the Mm. other side Mm -hmm. and the light just overtaking you so much that you are a completely different human being and a better person on the other side of whatever that darkness is that he is reaching down into and pulling you out of. Mm, That's so beautiful. I I think of, um, you know, Corinthians talks about, and then there's faith, hope, and love. Mm-hmm. And the greatest of these is love, but yeah. hope's in there. Mm-hmm. Like yes, hope's in the top three. Yes, it it made it into the top three. So mm-hmm. it is obviously very important. Yes. And I think the hope, I want to mention, I think the hope we're talking about isn't a hope like, man, I hope this works out. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not that kind of hope. It mm-hmm. is It is a belief mm-hmm. in something better is going to come. It's that yes. blessed hope. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Kat, for you, you have this moment where you have hope brought to you, where people were the hands and feet of Jesus, showing you the love of God <sighs> from from that point, because that that I'm sure marked you from that point, stepping forward. Was there anything else that that you personally did or God showed you how to continue living that life of hope? Oh, yeah. That very day, or I can't remember if it was more than one day. It was for the construction guys finishing the bathroom because they did. My dad went and bought a tub. He bought a sink. He bought a toilet. He bought everything. And those guys came in and they all did it. Like the bathroom was finished. That's amazing. There was a period of time where my ex pulled up and walked through the yard with a bunch of the ladies like out there planting bushes and things because I had no landscape. So they cleaned out my oh. my um, flower bed in the front yeah, and put hydrangea bushes in there oh. and, or some I kind of bushes. I I, it was yeah. either hydrangeas or I think that's what it was. The big fluffy flowers. Um, yeah, those are my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> I love those. But they put some flowers in there to make it look like they even fixed around the mailbox and my ex did not understand exactly what was going on. And when he pulled up, he just sees all these people doing the stuff and I'm just standing there in the yard. I missed that. So no, the ladies were putting the flowers in Mm -hmm. and then your former husband pulls up and sees what's going on. Okay. He walks around looking at them like, what is going on? I'm just standing there in the yard because I can't do anything. They won't let me do anything. And he walks in and he sees everything that everyone has done in the house and he leaves. And as I watched him walk in, every single woman stood up and said, hey, in his name. And he said hi back. Every single man inside, my dad included, greeted him. Wow. Said, hope you're doing all right. Mm, that, and then he left. That's, that's showing some that's love, the Jesus love of Jesus right God. there. Yep, yep. I was like, okay, it's going to be really easy for me to be like, what are y'all talking to him for? Or, <laughs> yeah, I could uh, take yeah. that as yeah. that's the love of Jesus, and I yes. took it as holy crap. That is the love of mm, Jesus. It is. It is. And so that was a huge mm. lesson to me. Mm. This is a lesson to you, and that plants a seed in him, too, mm-hmm. of this is what God's love looks like. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I hope it's grown. I, I don't know, but I, yeah. I hope it has yeah. grown, you know, and 
it certainly was powerful. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's phenomenal. So powerful it, both ways, like receiving yeah. all that and then seeing that. Wow. I agree. So beyond that, so like what was next for you? What Was there anything after this moment of time that kept you on that path of keeping hope? Because I'm going to be honest, I have hopeful moments and then something might happen where it yep. kind of drags me back down, you know, and you're like, God, oh, I thought I was out of this. <laughs> yes. You know, so did you hit a moment like that? And what do you keep doing to keep your hope? How do you keep your hope? How do you keep your hope alive? Keep it alive. Yeah. That's a really good question. And looking back, I think, I don't know if it was a couple episodes ago, one of y'all were talking about, you just feel like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, that's me. Mm -hmm. And that's how I, that's how I lived my life. And I knew all kinds of shoes were going to drop because of the situation I was in. And it was not a good divorce. It was a horrific. Wasn't one of those pretty ones. Yeah. Horrific one and a half year divorce. Wow. That was excruciating. Hmm. Things are great now. You know, it's we co-parent very well together. You know, it's it's a, a much better situation, but it was it was horrific for us, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think or I knew that the next thing coming was I was going to lose my home. And in the agreement that we had during the separation until the divorce was final, he got all of the, you know, our camper. We had a big camper that was like my home away from home. You know, I mm-hmm. like we would go. We had it set somewhere in Illinois and we would go and just hang Aww. out. Mm-hmm. I even put like as close as I get to having a green thumb. I even took like the prettiest flowers you could get from Michael's and like shoved them in the rocks. And I had nice to fake pretty ones. bright fake that's flowers. That's, that's as good as I get. too. <laughs> yeah, same. Oh, we just learned something else. My father-in-law did my (laughs) landscaping, and it looks good. Then my parents did it before that, and we screwed it up. So My my brother and sister-in-law did ours, and... Yeah, and my cousin is not my helped, gift, people. But, yeah, my brother-in-law now is a horticulturist, so I am is he really? so happy. Hoity wow. toity! Oh yeah, wow. I'll drive. I'll drive past a tree or a bush or flowers or something, and I'll take a picture and be like, "Mike, what's this?" <laughs> and he'll. Pro- I can totally see him just rolling his eyes and Would laughing, you get and the he'll text me back. That tells you what it is. Yeah, it's probably yeah. what he's thinking. Well, Why he'll <laughs> he'll text me back and tell me what it is, and I'll be like. All right. And he already knows what's coming next because I'll say, I want these all over my whole yard one day, okay? And he'll just give me like a thumbs up or okay. Uh, yeah, he's like, okay, I can't. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, back to the what you going, do next? losing yeah, my yeah. hope. Yeah. yeah, losing my hope again or, or keeping it. Um, there was a time when he got the cars and all that. So they, you know, disappeared. And then... I I had the home. Well, I have no job. I have no way to work, you know, with my special needs son or anything like that. So I'm like, Drew was a baby. He was two years old. And he's, or Sam, I'm sorry, Sam's my youngest. He uh, wasn't even talking yet, you know, and and just learning how to walk. There was a lot of speech, occupational, all physical therapy, all of that. So he was a full-time job himself. And so when... They told me, I can't remember if it was through a letter or how, through my lawyer or what, but I got the notice that I needed to be out of the house because it was going back to the bank and it was going to be auctioned off on the, you know, the court steps or whatever. 
I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what to yeah. do. So I, I packed us all up and moved out into my dad's for a while until I could find something. And then we had the day come where my home is being auctioned off on the steps. And I did not see any hope. I didn't see me ever being able to find something where I was going to even be able to feed my kids every day or keep mm. the heat on, you know, mm. for them. Yeah, yeah. Much less have a home for them. And so here again, it comes back. Well, you're not going to be able to take care of them. So you're going to have to give them up, you know. And all of this just black abyss just loaded me down again until... I got the letter that the house had been auctioned off. Okay. And my loan was completely 100% satisfied. Wow. Mm. Which is actually a miracle, people, if you're not mm. familiar with that that type of situation, that usually the owner still owes money. So oh, yeah. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. I definitely would have had to have filed bankruptcy. I, I did not have to do that. Mm. I did not have anything that I ever had to follow up with them on it never went on my credit report mm. and I could not believe it mm. I had no I, I I didn't even know what to say what to do other than thank you Jesus mm -hmm. <laughs> and and that sparked the light again so no matter how many times it felt like time and time and time again just darkness after darkness mm -hmm. would come like for years after that yeah <laughs> I still always tried to find just that one little pinpoint of light and keep my eyes focused on that because I knew that that light was coming. I knew mm -hmm. it wasn't they, another things train. Things were not it was always hope. going to be the way they were. Yes, and yeah. I knew that he would pick me up from the situation I was in at that moment and he would move me yeah. Yeah. out of the abyss into his hope yeah. and light. So mm -hmm. it's been cat. a heck of a journey, man. But hope <laughs> in God. Yes. Yeah. I want to hear, if you don't mind, the uh, sharing about when school started, what shortly after that, yeah. the church. When you're a had... single mom, you know, now you got three kids and mm -hmm. school, school supplies. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. I was new to the dental field for admin and I had to, oh gosh. Unfortunately, I had to leave the church home that I was at and God led me to. Uh, the place I go now, Element Church in Wentzville, and that was where I would be on my next growing journey mm -hmm. and, and be able to get the kids involved and growing in their, their relationship with Christ. And I had Drew, who is my oldest son, and he was the, a senior that year. So I had nine months left wow. to get as much Jesus in wow. this kid as I could before he ran off, you know, and so yeah. <laughs> it's like frantic and element was where they would get involved. And I was like, okay, here we go. So mm -hmm. they had this, you know what that actually brings me back to before they had the school back to school, back to school? supply yeah. drive. Okay. So they had a, a, a back to school supply drive for single parents and you could bring your child or children. I had three and they got free haircuts. We had a special dinner night as a yeah. family. Wow. Yeah, they fed we everybody. had hot dogs, wow. chips, soda, They water, varied it up. I think every year they do yes. kind of did awesome. some different Pizza things. Pizza the next that year. Awesome. Yes. So for two years, I, I had to swallow my pride <laughs> and walk in hmm. this, this building and 
go get free everything so that my kids could go to school and have everything that they needed. And I, that was really hard. I went in with a smile, like, oh man, thank you so much. But my kids were old enough to know they're giving me it was hand, hard for hand, me. Handouts, with, yeah, it might feel like my oldest too, my daughter and my oldest son. They knew that it was for poor people because mm. they had been told that. Mm. So I didn't have much self esteem at that time. I was working towards it, and it was really, really difficult. To have even your kids look down on you. Yeah. And it wasn't their fault at all, you know, that they, they did that. No, but, but I'm sure that's a, mm-hmm. that's a struggle for them, too, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Right, right. They were embarrassed yeah. as well, I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know. And, and so I, I did that for two years. And then after that, when I no longer had to do that anymore because mm-hmm. I had worked my way up into management and, you know, higher office positions and stuff like that in the dental field, then I was able to afford their school supplies and things like that. And their dad and I had gotten to a place where we could co-parent together and things like that. So I was able to go and serve yeah. for a couple of years at that actual event and pack oh, the mm. backpacks yeah. and give them to the families and Go back to where I was Be on in the other school. Side of you had to yeah. give back. When I used to go and make people feel completely welcome and yes. comfortable where, wherever they were, yeah. I went back to that. You know, and yeah. in those events, I was mm-hmm. able to just walk up to people and just assure them with a smile or a hug or, mm-hmm. hey, so glad you guys are here. Let's come play, you know, and all that. I was able to help them ease their minds of the parents anyway, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. ease their minds that, hey. Don't you even think that there's anyone looking down mm-hmm. on you? I started to say, yeah. what an, what another lesson of you were able to be a blessed. Weren't you so blessed to be able to do that for other mm-hmm. people? Mm-hmm. And then that can make you feel like, wow, it was a blessing. Even though it was hard to accept it, whenever we steal someone's blessing because of pride, mm-hmm. yeah, it affects, you know, and those people that, came to your house or were giving, you know, the church, the, you know, anybody that is, is helping us. And it's hard. Like we don't allow him to do it. We're robbing them of a blessing from God because he's directed them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That that's honestly, cause I, I've struggled with that through Mm -hmm. the years, like, you know, taking the help or or whatever, Mm -hmm. but, and somebody had helped me see that, 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 yeah. What you're talking about where, so I would ask myself um, and put myself in their shoes. Yeah. And, and I would think, okay, how do I feel when I give to somebody else? Like, I feel great. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Like, yeah. I'd love to be able to do that. Yeah. So if I'm not allowing someone else to do that for me, I am exactly like you said, robbing and stealing their blessing mm-hmm. of feeling that that hope, that joy, that joy yeah. the, you know, yeah. cause they are giving you hope. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so th- that always helped me to get past that feeling of, I don't want to take their help. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't you know, to. but I would remind myself I'm stealing their blessing if yeah. I don't take it. And you know, when you think about it, Jesus had nothing. That's right. Like if we really Think yeah. about he had to accept everything. Yes. Yeah. All help. Yeah. Dude, it was actually women, by the way, that yeah. helped 
that that supported his ministry. Mm-hmm. They followed him. There were women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. financially supported mm-hmm. his ministry, and he yeah. received it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you that's know a good lesson, man. Yeah. We got a lot of them today. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. One thing I do remember, and this just came to me, I was going to say it a minute ago and had to finish my story, you know, rabbits <laughs> and trails and all that. Good it stuff. happened. So it's okay. the one thing that spoke the most to me besides my, my small group friend, family, you know, helping out so much was right after that, I was in a time when I was so angry at God and... I hadn't quite started working through the things that I needed to, to, to get through some really bad hurts, you know? And so I went to our element church and pastor Eric was preaching on mother's day and he asked, or he gave all the mothers, I think it was a flower. As you came in, you got a flower. And then at the end of his sermon, he asked all the moms to stand up. So we all stand up. I didn't say enough. I just sat down. And then he says, now all this, everyone sit down except the single moms. And for some reason I stood up, not even thinking, mm. you know, and I stood up and then I'm like, <gasps> Why and I was again? having the worst, first of all, first Mother's Day mm divorced you know and so well no it wasn't I I take that back it was not the first one but it was still fresh enough that it it was the pain (laughs) yeah it was a hard one yeah and so I knew I had not a penny in my account Mm. to be able to just go get a flipping hot dog or something with my kids Mm -hmm. yeah and Pastor Eric gave every single single mom a $25 gift certificate Mm. to I don't think I was going to get emotional <laughs> to I I don't even remember where yeah but something like probably Redco so, or you someplace know. $25 would actually work and get you something yes yeah <laughs> and so yeah. I was able to leave church and go have a Mother's Day lunch with my oh, kids oh my gosh when I didn't think I was going to get to it's beautiful. Making me cry, girl. I know. <laughs> I know. I just, so. I really thank you so much for sharing that because it it ins- inspired me just in so many things that you can yeah. see from it. Like people loved on you. How, do, how does Jesus love us? Yeah. You know, sometimes we're really like got the walls up, got the hard to love yeah, yeah. <laughs> really hard to love but that's oh amazing it is that's so beautiful and it gives us hope and it shows ultimately hopes it comes from the father yes because yeah. he knew the single moms in there he knew you didn't have the money to take your family out mm-hmm. and he provided a way where there was no way Mm-hmm. Right. You didn't know that was going to happen. Mm-mm. And what is, I mean, you know, that was just kind of a bonus blessing. It was. And you know what? I don't even know if they've ever done that again. They haven't. Mm-hmm. So that could have happened just for you. 
I mean, all the other single moms benefited. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you're welcome. But <laughs> God would do something like that. Yes, he yeah. would. Yep. Father loves us that yep. much. Father to loves go you after that the much. one. To go mm-hmm. exactly yeah. to go after the Leave one. Ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. To go after the one. Yeah. And he gives us hope. Yep. He sees. He knows. Yeah. He loves us unconditionally and yes, so perfectly. Yes, mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for that. Me too. Thank you, Kat, for sharing. I really appreciate it. Me too. Thank you for letting me because, man, this is the stuff that heals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get all that out. Yeah, definitely. That's true. It's therapy. So yes. you're yeah. listening <laughs> and, you know, hopefully you're benefiting. But we actually, it's, it's, it's as if we're going through therapy as we're, as we're going through yeah. this. So. Oh, yeah. Truly. So. Yep. So next time, join us for more therapy. <laughs> as, and, uh, you know, we're kind of actually, that is kind of next time. Yeah, isn't? right? Yeah. As we continue, like we're going to go ahead and just continue on yeah. this subject of hope. And, and Heather's going to share some more on finding hope, receiving it, and, and keeping it alive. So come hang with us next time. Thank you so much for being with us. And we will meet you on your fearless journey. 